We used to get a lot of low quality leads and by low quality, I mean people who couldn't afford us. And so we, we used to waste a lot of time on the phone with people who say, oh, what, what, what do we get for $400 a month? It was like, man, my, my time spent on this phone call is worth more. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Before we jump into today's interview, if you guys could leave a review and a rating and also subscribe as well, that would be a huge help to the podcast. So if you actually enjoy the content and you'd like to hear more of it, please support us by leaving us a review and subscribe to the podcast as well. Thanks so much. All right, everybody. Today, we have a good friend uh, that I've been following for a very long time. I've actually had him uh, help with some other stuff in the past. Uh, Pep Laya, really well known in the online marketing space, especially around uh, conversion rate optimization. He's the founder of CXL, formerly known as Conversion XL which is where people go to learn about conversion optimization and more than that, which I will let Pep talk about uh, in a little bit. So Pep, how's it going? Uh, It's good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being here. So why don't you just tell everybody a little bit about what CXL is uh, first and foremost and a little bit about your story too. We are a, or I should say, we're an optimization company. We've been around for six years now. Uh, We first started as a blog that grew into an agency and now into a training institution. Also, we throw two conferences here in the U.S. and in Europe. Um, And uh, we are really the knowledge leader in the optimization space. Got it. Awesome. So just just to clarify, do you are you guys still doing services right now or is it strictly focused more around the educational piece? We have both. So we have two teams uh, and each team has their own product. Great. Awesome. And how, how big is the team overall today? Uh, we're at 16. So we're very lean and efficient. The whole impetus around conversion Excel back in the day, what you used to call it. Um, I remember when you first launched that blog, you know, you, this was back in the day when long form content was, you know, not many people talked about it, but you started out with long form content. And I think right out the gate, you know, you hit about a hundred thousand readers a month. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So when I started to blog, I did my research into what kind of blog posts get the most backlinks, most social media shares. um, And also was doing like competitive uh, research, seeing, you know, other blogs out there, what type of blog posts are they publishing and, uh, you know, how could they be better? And the answer was, well, I should write data-backed long-form blog posts. And that's what I did. I started with blog posts that were at least two, 3,000, sometimes 5,000 words long. And yeah, in 2011, uh, hardly anyone was doing it. So the strategy worked and that was rapid growth. Got it. And how, much, how many visitors are you getting per month right now? We are around 300,000 a month. Got it. Okay. And what is that? Just so people are probably wondering in the audience, you know, how do I get there? What is the, you know, how much content should I be publishing? So what exactly are you doing there? What does the cadence look like? We have, for the first three years, it was just me writing one to two blog posts a week. So not that many, uh, but, you know, because writing good blog posts is, a, is, you know, takes a long time, eight to 16 hours per, per post. Uh, now we have two full-time writers, occasional guest posters as well, although not so much anymore because they're mostly crap. Uh, and we're doing on average two posts a week. 
a still long form copy uh, format. Got it. Yeah, I remember back then. I mean, I I think you had a guest posting program. We could talk about the the craft in a little bit, but I think you're very specific about what you're looking for, right? Every claim needs to have a link uh, uh, or a case study, you know, to it, and you know, so there's no kind of you know theory. Um, so I guess you know. I actually do experience this product problem quite a bit too, where you know a lot of the guest pe- guest writers applying are generally, um, you know, they're not that good. So, what have you seen around that? Why why do you think there's a lot of crap that's been kind of you know piling up? Yeah, I mean, a lot of blog posts accept low quality posts. So the you know most people who are guest posting they do it for the sake of backlinks or you know so they don't want to put in the effort to write a really good post. So it takes my my content editors more time to edit their blog post and give feedback than it takes for them to write a brand new blog post. So it's just not worth the effort. It ends up costing more than, you know, one a post written by our, our team. Got it. Okay. And how much are you paying roughly per post right now? Well, if they are pitching us, we pay nothing. So it's, you know, you get the privilege of posting here. Uh, if we approach people, uh, which we sometimes do, like if there's a great subject matter expert who knows about a topic that isn't often um, talked about, so then we pay 350 per post. Got it. Okay. So you guys are at 300,000 visits a month. Uh, you know, you have 16 people on the team. What are some other metrics you can share around the business? It can be around, you know, revenues, growth rates, whatever. Uh, revenues, I don't want to really go into detail with. Uh, we're we're capturing 150 to 200 emails a day um, through our um, lead catcher mechanisms. Uh, we're generating about, <clears throat> I should say, you know, over 100 uh, agency leads a month. And uh, you know, our agency is uh, in is high tickets. Like minimum is 10k a month uh, retainers. Um, done, doing, um, you know, done for you CRO um, programs, um, and 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 our email list, of course, is the main way we sell our newest product, CXL Institute. Most of its sales come directly from our email list. So blog generates traffic, which you know they subscribe to our list, and then the list is how we make the bulk of our money. Got it. Yeah, you know, we actually have, there's a fair amount of service people, service-based businesses that listen to this podcast. So I think it's interesting because um, we get, we collect, so for us, I think we're collecting about, I want to say 2,000 or 2,500 emails uh, a month, which is not as much as you, but, um, you know, for our leads that we're getting, these are kind of people reaching out directly, right? You know, that's probably around, I think like 150 or 200. So when you say, you know, a lead that's reaching out to you, are these people that are saying, hey, I want your services directly on the site? Correct, correct, exactly. So our agency has a, a landing page and we're upfront about, you know, w- what the costs are because we used to get a lot of low quality leads and by low quality, I mean people who couldn't afford us. Um, and so we, we used to waste a lot of time on the phone with people who say, oh, what, what, what do you, what do we get for $400 a month? It was like, man, my, my time spent on this phone call is worth more. So so then we, we added the uh, pricing on our website, um, it was like a drop down. And that basically eliminated low quality leads overnight. So, uh, so now I would say eighty percent of the leads that come in are are qualified leads. Wow, that's awesome. So here's the difference, right? So for us, even though you know we can at times get up to like two hundred leads a month, and I just mentioned one fifty a little earlier. Um, the problem with with the leads that we have coming in right now is you know the majority aren't qualified. We're looking at 
uh, you know, about 10 to 15% that are actually qualified. And we actually refer a good amount of leads out to other agencies where we just can't fulfill the work. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And it's good context, but it shows that clearly what Pep's doing um, in the conversion world is working because 80% of his leads that are coming in are actually qualified. Going back to your email list for a second. So people that opt into your email list, are you strictly focused on segmenting them into your course? Or, you know, if they uh, choose their own adventure? Do they go into like a services funnel? Like, how does that look for you? Mm-hmm. What what we learned was that the companies that hire our agency and that subscribe to our CXL Institute, the training programs, they're actually the same profile. They're the same companies, with the exception that also other agencies uh, join CXL Institute, whereas you know agencies don't hire our agency. But in terms of the company size, if it's in-house stuff, it's exactly the same because, you know, in order to buy or even need CRO services, you need to be rather big, you know, uh, a minimum, you know, millions of dollars a month in revenue. Um, And in order to invest in employee training and growth, it's the same stuff. Because small businesses, they want quick hacks, tactics. They don't think long term. And so that was one of our big aha moments. Like when we launched CXL Institute, we thought it's going to be for the small businesses that can't afford our agency. But after many months, we realized that, wow, we were so wrong. It's like we should actually be after me to um, enterprise-sized companies because they think long-term. They want to invest in employee growth and, and training and, and they have the budget for it. Awesome. So can you talk about what CXL Institute actually is? Like what do you actually get in that, uh, that program? Mm-hmm. So we are training uh, people in digital analytics and um, optimization. So that includes, you know, design, copywriting, testing, uh, you know, the, uh, all those things. And we do it. We have pre-recorded video training programs, uh, which is a small part. But the biggest part of it is we do live online courses. So here's the thing about online trainings. If you look at all the big players in the market, uh, you know, Coursera, Udacity, Udemy, you know, you name it, they all have the same problem. The big problem is that the course completion rates are horrible. People buy the course and they just, you know, they maybe log in once and then never again. Only 2% because, get through, right? Yeah. And it's because, you know, learning is never a priority. You have always more important stuff in your to-do lists. Uh, and, and, and yeah, like who prioritizes learning over getting stuff done? So what, what, what we changed with these live courses that we're doing is that these – so one live course consists of four to eight live classes that take place at a fixed date and time, like Tuesday, you know, 9, 9 a.m. or whatever. And so you actually schedule it in your calendar. So Tuesday, 9 a.m., I have a class that lasts for 60 minutes. So, you know, you can do 60 minutes a week uh, for learning. And it's live Q&A with the instructor included, and it's live screen sharing. So it's a way better learning experience. And once we switched from pre-recorded videos to live courses, our course participation and completion rates went up by like 600%. Like it's ridiculous. Like most everybody is actually finishing the course. Um, I mean, uh, self-paced learning is, is still a fit for some. So we have that too. But the biggest portion by far is these live courses that and we're releasing two per month. And our main model is we have this all access pass, meaning that your company, you, you have a bunch of people that need training. 
So you pay a monthly fee and you get access to every single course that we produce. That's smart. Okay, so does it work? Uh, so you know you have your live sessions, and, uh, and I guess I'm guessing your the old sessions that you've done in the past are recorded and they can access it in a library. Is that how it works? That that's exactly right. So you can go back and watch recordings of past sessions, and we have the new ones starting also every two weeks. That's so smart because there's people in here. I'm sure they're thinking about, oh, how do we, you know, how do we get in on the course game, right? Because there's a lot of people. It, it, I almost feel like we're at peak course right now, where a lot of people are doing it. But the fact that you're you're building out time to actually commit to doing it live, I think uh, Seth Godin's course does this too. I'm not sure 100. Uh, percent But yeah, how does pricing work? How do you, how much does the live one cost, and how much does the kind of uh, you know, pre-recorded old stuff costs. Uh, we actually price them the same pre-recorded and uh, live because a people get more value out of live. So we want to incentivize, or rather, we don't want to incentivize people getting the recordings for a lesser price because they think, oh, it's going to be cheaper. Because we know they're much less likely to actually consume the product. So we're pricing them the same. Uh, for a typical course, it's uh, four ninety nine, like five hundred bucks. Or less if it's um, if it's a shorter course. Uh, so some of our courses have also been uh, two ninety nine. Um, uh, that's per course. Or if you subscribe for the all access pass, we charge two ninety nine per month. Um, so basically, um, or you know, there's an annual option as well. So for the price of um, five courses, you get you know twenty four if if you if you go on a subscription plan. Yeah. Okay. So it, it sounds like a lot of the the, you know, the the courses that you're creating right now, these could be, you know, new topics that pop up in CRO, right? Like next week you might say, you know, there's this game changing new product that came out and you show people how to use it. So these courses are just new things as they pop up. It's that and also fundamentals because, you know, people need to learn Google Analytics all the time. And, uh, and, and you know, so it's it's a mix of fundamentals and new stuff. Cool. And just a rough range right now. How many how many uh, customers do you have for these courses at the moment? It varies. So on average, I would say 100, 150 people per course sign up, uh, uh, some more, some less. Got it. Okay. So I want to switch gears to talk about CRO because that's, you know, that's what you're known for. I mean, what's new in CRO? What are some trends that you're seeing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we're seeing right now is that tools are getting better and smarter. Uh, machine learning is all the rage and AI. So, I mean, of course, there is still no substitution for a human brain and knowing what you do and, 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 and so on. But when it comes to quantitative data analysis, gathering and testing, it, stuff is getting more interesting. It, stuff is getting uh, easier to use. And, and, uh, and we have better capabilities also when it comes to personalization. So, uh, so a good example would be a company that um, the listeners might know, uh, Segment. It's a SaaS tool. So segment is combining all the cool stuff uh, that is now possible with personalization. So if you go to their website, segment.com, and if you work at a big companies, they will detect based on your IP address what company you're from, and their live chat auto-populates with, uh, we have advice for your company. Uh, let's say we have advice for conversion Excel. And they'll say our scoring model on the uh, so this this um, personalization they have um, uh, where where you're from and detecting who you are is done with Clearbit. Clearbit sends data to Drift, their chat tool. They use Mad Kudu as their score, lead scoring tool, and immediately t- t- they tell me that their lead scoring model shows that I would be a good fit to talk to their sales team. 
And such a personal sales message, it has a really ridiculously high response rate. Also, they, uh, they, they do data enrichment with Clearbit so they know what kind of uh, company are you, e-commerce or you know what, whatever you are. And they customize, they tailor, they personalize the website to you. So if you are e-commerce, their website will show e-commerce case studies, e-commerce testimonials. If you're a really big business, they'll remove pricing because, you know, get in touch and, uh, you know, pass it on to the sales team. Uh, and they'll be even uh, able to figure out what your email address is while you are just browsing anonymously. And then that uh, they'll do outbound sales uh, outreach to you just because you visited the website. So all of these things are already possible. Uh, not many are still using it. Uh, so, you know, just just one example of, of what's coming. I remember reading a blog post about the, the segment thing that you just talked about, but where can people learn about this new stuff that you're talking about? You know, there's, um, I'm assuming, you know, a large part is coming from your blog, but where else do you go to like learn about this stuff? Uh, I think conferences uh, and just, and, you know, hanging out with people. So, you know, there are various Facebook groups, of course, where uh, people share this stuff um, uh, on CXL, Facebook group being one of them. But, uh, you know, I learned this uh, about Guillaume, who runs uh, growth for um, for segment. I learned, you know, about him from a guy I know. So it's just the, the old grapevine, you know, still doing the work. <laughs> okay. So I, I remember reading that post and I talked with my developer about it, uh, one of the people from the team. And then do we have to have segment to be able to make that work? Because we do have the other ones. We have Clearbit, right? We have Intercom, things like that. But is segment the secret weapon? No, 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 no. You can uh, you can use, um, there are various tools. You can uh, use Intellimize to uh, tailor your website based on the data that comes from Clearbit. Um, you can use Optimize or Google Optimize uh, to personalize your website based on what you know about the user. So there are various uh, ways to you know cook it up. You just have to be creative. Yeah, I just think there's something missing on our side because we do have you know those two tools, but maybe it's adding Intellimize, which will plug it all together. But anyway, that's that's a more tactical question. Um, mm -hmm. So what's working well for you uh, for your both of your businesses? I guess the services side and the the core side today. What's working in terms of customer acquisition? The the fundamentals still work the best, which is driving traffic to the website and capturing emails and then emailing. So emailing email list is still by far number one. Um, so uh, I I I think you know building your list should still be top priority for most everybody. Okay. And what does your nurture sequence look like since we're talking about email right here? I mean, how in depth do you go? Some people keep it really basic. You know, it might be a six email sequence. How, how complicated is yours? You know, it, it varies. So more and more what we're seeing is that these time-based autoresponders, they work less and less. And is that especially is true for onboarding emails. Like, hey, welcome to our tool. Did you know you can do this? It's like just people don't care about these emails. It's like, yeah, yeah, I can figure it out. And, you know, your tool should be easy to use, uh, you know, enough. So people don't need these onboarding emails. So it's much more effective to do trigger-based email, uh, meaning that behavior-based. They do something, and because they did something, will trigger them to, um, will trigger an email or an in-app message or something like this. And we also, we look at every single email that is come, uh, that is uh, joining our uh, list. And through um, a lead scoring exercise, we identify customers who are most 
um, let's say uh, uh, best fit for our products, and then we actually send them an email manually uh, saying, saying, "Hey, uh, get we could we get on a five minute phone call?" And then we try to uh, you know because you're much more effective um, trying to sell somebody over the phone rather than just a mass email. So if it's a high fit uh, uh, lead, then we'll try to get on the phone, call them, uh, close them like that, you know, and of course, keeping in mind, um, you know, lifetime value. Great. What are some, I mean, you, because you work in this space so much, you know so much around it. What are some crazy stats you can share around CRO? Maybe like two or three that you can rattle off. Do you have anything in mind? You know, it's the standard thing about statistics that the averages mean very little. So, so in any fancy stats you hear, I mean, the chances that any of that stuff will apply to you is is uh, is uh, minuscule. So, so I don't have any fancy numbers to impress you. I'm afraid. That's no, but see, that that point's really important, right? Because most people are probably thinking like, well, what are some numbers? What's a good conversion rate, right? But that the answer is it varies, right? So. Um, something like that from a guy like you, I think that that means a lot. Um, so around your going back to your your services, because I'm, I'm sure some people in here would be um, interested. I mean, how do you charge for CRO in general if people would like to start working with Pep? Mm-hmm. Uh, most top players in the industry charge a flat retainer. That, so of course, what you get for the retainer that varies from you know uh, agency to agency. So, um, for us, we, we take into consideration how many tests we would run per month. And, you know, for us, it's all inclusive. So, also, not only do we do conversion research up front uh, that we charge separately for uh, to identify, you know, what should we test and, and, and so on, then we, we give you an X amount of AB tests per month that we also design and code up. Uh, inside the testing tool, uh, and you know, as I said, which we, we start from ten thousand a month, and that goes up depending on how big the business is. So the question we're asking is, if we improve your sales by a modest one percent, how much is that worth to you? So if your annual revenue is one million dollars, one percent is is what ten thousand. So it's not very much. So it's like mm, it's like barely a break even. So. Of course, if you know, uh, they should estimate ROI over um, twelve months. But I mean, yeah. So if they make a million a year and one percent addition, that's one ten thousand per year. So the ROI is is not going to be there. If you are like Marriott hotels, where your online annual revenue is eight billion dollars, that's that's going to be a lot of Lamborghinis. You know, one percent. Yep. Yep. So and so, so based on the value the customer would get, uh, that's where you know we, we come up with a, a a flat fee that we charge. Cool. So you ask that that question first before you even determine kind of you know what your your pricing structure might look like, right? So if it's a Marriott, it's going to be much bigger. Exactly. It's solely because they get more value out of it, and 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 frankly, working with small business or large business. The effort is pretty much the same. It's it's not that small businesses are easier to work with, but like the one percent is just worth so much more. So hence, if you're in the agency business in CRO, it does not make sense to work with small businesses. Got it. Okay. Well, I want to talk about your conference for a little bit. So tell us a little bit about you know what it is, and uh, and we'll go from there. 
CXO Live is a growth and optimization conference. Uh, we just had one last week, um, uh, early April, April 5 to 7. So that, this was our third one. So we had 400 plus people there from uh, 22 countries. Uh, we'll have the next one again uh, in spring, next spring, 2018. Um, three days of a lot of fun. Uh, I handpick practitioners to come talk. So, you know, uh, my example of segment is just something I, I heard at my own conference where Kiom from segment was, you know, detailing what they do and how they do it. So that's that's the kind of content we have and, you know, massive parties because we, we throw the event in a remote hotel and all that attendees stay at that hotel. So we basically book a full resort for a hotel, uh, sorry, for the event. And, and everybody stays in one place and it's a loads of fun. Awesome. Great. And why, why even do a conference? It's an extension of our brand. Conference is um, very expensive to put on. So it's not a moneymaker. How much does um, it cost typically? To throw a conference? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's tied to the number of attendees. For us, it's like half a million uh, for 400 attendees. Um, you know, food is just killer expensive hotel rooms because we bundle them with, uh, with the ticket. Uh, so it's, it's not a moneymaker. So we just do it for the ex- as an extension of our brand. So we have a strong online presence, but now we want to bring the, the actual community together and, uh, and foster real relationships. You know, a lot of people say like, you know, these conferences, you're lucky if you break even, right? But I'm sure like these relationships that you're talking about right now, they pay off in spades, you know, long term, right? That's what you're seeing. Exactly. Of course, attribution is shoddy at best. Uh, so, but like, that's the idea. That's the idea. It's, it's a lot of it is about the brand and, and uh, attributing brand um, to uh, dollars is it's just, you know, it's a whole separate topic. Yeah. And I've had conference people on, on the show before. Um, and I, I, I always like to ask them, like, you know, if you're, you know, to, to hire one person to help you run the conference, you know, what kind of person would it be? What's the title? So what are your thoughts around that? Somebody to help me put the conference together. Uh, I think the most valuable thing that somebody could bring in is knowing a lot of good speakers uh, who are practitioners. Uh, you know, because you have your, you know, names that everybody knows. But like if you want to have a new lineup every year to keep things interesting, you're going to run out of the most popular names rather quickly. And so you got to be always fishing for who's somebody who's amazing, but people just don't know about him or her. So having somebody on the team who would say, I know like 100 guys who are amazing. So that would be an asset. Great. And we're going to work, work on wrapping up here. I just got a couple more questions for you. But one, what's one must read book you'd recommend to everyone here? Since we're, uh, it's a broad question and a broad audience, um, I would have to go to the classic Purple Cow, Seth Godin. There you go. That's a great book. I think that's maybe the second or third recommendation. So that's awesome. Um, and what's, you know, how do you get better at, at CRO? How do you get better at marketing? How does Pep learn? There are two main ways. Uh, the, the number one thing is doing it. So there's no substitute to actually getting hands dirty and trying stuff and seeing you know what works and what doesn't and adjusting courses needed. So that's that's by far the most important thing. And number two is surrounding yourself with people who are doing similar things or who have been there, done that. Uh, mentorship has been huge for me. So try to find people who are who've maybe done what you're trying to do and um, see if you can learn from them. Awesome. Great. So Pep, this has been awesome. What's the best way for people to find you online? Conversionexcel.com. All right, Pep, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks, Eric. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week, and remember to take action and continue growing.